0: Welcome back, Almost 30 Podcast. So happy you're here. Hi everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista.
1: How are we feeling? In a lot of places in the world you could be and you're here with us. <laughs> Thank
2: you.
1: Truly. We're very grateful. Krista and I were just talking about that urge to just run away.
0: Literally and figuratively. (laughs) I had the whole thing. I was like kind of creeped out at how my fantasy went. I was like, I'm going to fantasize my ideal life. And I was like, I live in the middle of nowhere. No one knows who I am. I have no friends and family. Like it, like it got like started out normal. It's was like, I live in grass. I am outside. I have, and then it got dark where it was like no one, no friends or family even know where I am. They don't even know I existed. I have no thoughts about me from someone else's mind. Like it was like, I don't exist. <laughs> Justin has a piece of tape over his mouth. <laughs> <Always>. <laughs> Literally. No, it was like so, it was like so funny because I, I didn't have, it was like, I am, there was no me. Like it was almost, it was, it was very dark. But I was like, I'm going to try this on for a little bit about what it would be like to not exist. Yes. I've been feeling lately just kind of
1: this like, it's like you want change so much and then you don't want anything to change. It's like this weird thing where you know change is coming and you want things to be different, but it's like, I also want nothing to change.
0: (laughs) I mean, 100. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You're like... (laughs) Yeah, with this needs to be different and you think about the up level, you know, you're like, oh, I want this sort of up level. I want this to happen. And then, but it's like the in-between you don't want. I've just been thinking about like the, just
1: the hard conversations, whether it's like in my relationship or just in general that I have to have. And I'm like, oh, my urge to run away is quite strong. (laughs) Or like, I say I want to have these hard conversations. I say I want to grow. I say I want to do all these things. And I'm like, I just want to run away.
0: Actually, okay. I want to do it when it's like fully led and facilitated and mm-hmm. started by me. I'm like, hey, we need to talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, if there's anything back, I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> so you're just like, whoa. Okay, I didn't Slowly. plan for that. <laughs> didn't plan for that. Yeah, didn't plan for a reply. <laughs> but I think too, with everything going on, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling where you're just like, there feels like there's so much pressure all around, whether whatever area of your life, to look a certain way, to be a certain way, to say a certain thing, to do a certain thing, to not do a certain thing, to be a certain person, whatever it is, it just feels insurmountable with everything that's going on in the world. And I think really the self-pressure, the pressure that we put on ourselves. And I think that is definitely exacerbated by social media. And I do feel like we're in a period of growth, both of us. But it's like, dude, when does it? I want like a plateau. Like, can I want like a year plateau? I just want like a year of coasting. I just Mm -hmm. truly do. But the other day I was sitting there and I was meditating. I was like, oh, what it what would it feel like if everything was easy? Like, you know, I kind of was sitting with that and then I heard it would be boring. And I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. There's there's a part of you. Yeah, that part of you that's like, this is fun. Mm -hmm. This is. What makes me feel valid? This is all of these things when we're like constantly chasing or doing or blah, blah, blah. I wonder if like, is that the mind?
1: Like, is that the mind being like, that would be boring. I need something to do.
0: I think that's the soul a little bit because the soul grows through the ca- the catalyst of change. are usually the, the contrast, the soul loves contrast and the soul doesn't judge contrast. So I think there's that. But then I think there's also like the nervous system too, where it's like, yeah, Who am I without this freak out? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like
1: I'm anticipating so much, whether it's I'm anticipating chaos. And so I try to bend and shift in order to avoid chaos. And in avoiding the chaos, it becomes so crazy and distorted that I don't even know where I am. And Just yeah, laughing.
0: Th- I bring chaos and you anticipate it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, when I was no, no. In the country, I'm like, damn, I come in, I'm bringing chaos Ugh. to the world. I'm like, damn, I'm anticipating chaos.
1: <laughs> I don't think you're bringing chaos. I feel like you also in some way, like anticipate chaos and therefore it,
0: it arrives. Yeah, factual. It factual. arrives. <laughs> I also was thinking, I'm like, I literally keep trying to think this morning. When I got out of the shower yesterday afternoon, I was in the shower and I was talking to Justin and I was talking about work and just some things that are happening at work here at almost 30. And I was trying to remember if when I was in the corporate world for those eight years or when I was a server or when I was a nanny or when I was all these things, I'm like, there definitely always is work stress. There's always work change. There's always these things that happen when you spend 40 hours a week at something. And I was trying to like bring myself back to remembering. That within every job or career, it is normal to have friction and challenge and mm-hmm. change things that you want to happen and things that you don't. And I was trying to like remind myself of that. Because when you're in it, and especially for us, because we create, I feel like we're responsible for creating the environment that we we live in, especially as owners of Almost 30. It's like, oh man, so I feel like I could avoid that. I'm like, oh, I can avoid it if we're creating it, if we're doing it. But it's like, you can't really avoid all of these situations and things that happen in your life. It's like it is normal, it just changes. And the point I want to make is I was pondering if it's gotten easier and there's been less change and chaos and et cetera within our business than I had previously when I was in the corporate world. And I don't know. Well, I think like chaos feels different to us as
1: 33, 34 yeah. year olds than it did as like 24 year olds, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, I do think that we have like a greater understanding and our I feel like our audience does too of like when something comes up, there is something bigger happening in that okay, there's a lesson for me here, there's a message for me here, you know there's something for me to look at here rather than feeling i remember i mean I feel like the last time I lived in New York, I took everything personal, I'm like, no one wants to cast me, nothing's working out I'm just killing myself, working all these jobs. Like it was always like the world against me and me Mm -hmm. just feeling like I could never get ahead. And I wasn't really listening to like these very subtle, but then also not so subtle messages of like, hey, this is not aligned or this is not working. And so I think the chaos then was like the messages of like, hey, this is not fucking working. We're gonna create a little chaos to get your attention. And now, yes, the chaos is still like uncomfortable, but I do think that we have a, a better understanding of it and are able to kind of like grow through it, through it rather than numb, numb mm-hmm. it
0: out. Yeah, the numbing is huge too. You know, like even when I was in the airport, when I was like traveling a little bit, I was like, so I was like, sometimes being conscious, it's like, this is, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I was tired of being awake. I was like, oh. Mm hmm. You know, like it's like, mm-hmm. that's what you should slip into your imagination and kind of like just enjoy the ride of like what's inside of our brain because we can create all of these things. But I was like, damn, like life's a little bit faster when you're asleep. You know, I'm like sometimes when you're just sitting at the airport, you're like, damn, I kind of want to like go back asleep sleep. So I don't really have to like be here. Yep. Well, especially in a place like an airport. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know.
1: Recently, Krista and I were able to take some time um, to travel, which we hadn't done internationally in quite some time, how was your trip?
0: Oh my god, unreal! So I was in Ibiza with um, Jenna Zoe, our dear friend. She's been on the podcast a few times. She's a human design. She's world leading human design expert. When we first met five years ago, she gave myself and Justin a reading. Did you get a reading from her at that time? Maybe before no, I don't the show. So maybe on the show a little bit, but got introduced to her and we just like all grown together. And she is from London. Her family's from London. So she does a lot of traveling and um, she's been in Ibiza. And I just was reminded, I learned a lot from her and I can learn a lot from so many of our friends. And I think what I learned from her was really the power of like intentional time management. And she is someone that has been working really hard for the past year and a half on a project. And I've seen it. I've seen the work that she's done. And it's like a no distraction thing where she's taking four to five hours a day working on this thing. And it has like, she has this other part of her business, the courses and programs running in the background. So that's supporting her while she can do this other thing. And just like her day is lots of leisure time, lots of rest, lots of um, being in the sun, lots of being outside, lots of eating nourishing foods. And then like a really dedicated mindful few hours of work, like four to five hours, three to four hours of work, it changes a lot. So I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but just like the lack of like, there was no like frill or friction or like distraction or you know, things in between. And I just was really inspired by that. I'm like, oh, you can really, really do something that you're really proud of and take a long time to do it and be really dedicated and diligent about something that you're doing and still really enjoy your life, still rest, still be in your feminine, still feel good about your relationships and your life and not have that like burden of the hustle, the burden of too much work, the burden of burning yourself out or anything like that. So I just learned so much just watching her and it was like one of the most beautiful things I've ever done to sleep in and we danced and we just like walked and we ate so well. I felt really, really, really lucky.
1: The friction you were describing, I guess what would that look like if there was kind of like friction in between things within your day? I'm trying to think of like...
0: I think for us, like a perfect example is the past two days, you know, we have had things happen and then you and I are on the phone and then I'm talking to other people about whatever's happening. And then I'm thinking about whatever's happening. And then I'm, you know, scheduling, you know, it's kind of like all this, these situations that happen that are causing us to kind of are causing me to go to, to these other worlds and these other conversations rather away from these things. And I think the reason why she has that, it's like she has, the people that support her are very clear. They've been with her for a long time. It's very clear what she's offering and what she's doing. And then it's very clear that she's working on this thing. And her time online is really only to do her specific things. She has someone else that like supports her in other parts. So I think for me, it's kind of like having these situations that just pull me off and really riding that train all the way fucking home of whatever that is instead of being like, okay, this happened dealing with it X, Y, and Z, but still going to hold the pose of what it is that I need to be doing and what it is like my intention and goal for that day.
1: She's focusing on the one big thing, Mm -hmm. you know, which I think is, is really interesting to think about where like those three to five hours are being poured into Mm -hmm. this one big project that she is working on. And I find myself like, knowing that I want to dedicate focused time to a certain thing, but then instead going through the to-do list of the little things that either can wait or aren't really my job or, you know, like just busying myself with the other things, because I don't know if it's like, I am, I've been so far from that focused five hours of dedicated time and energy that I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I could do it, or I don't know what that feels like, or I don't even know how to uh, hold myself accountable to that. What I know is like a million calls, a to-do list, a this, a, you know what I mean. So, yeah. I do think it's a a practice, and then the ease is something interesting. I feel like you know, the last month we've given ourselves that permission to to have that ease and rest, and I've definitely. Noticed a difference in my ability to be creative and focused and just kind of revived Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. But, like, what would that look like all the time? You know, it's it's really interesting to think about. And it's so counter to what we're taught. You know, like I'm sure a lot of you out there have parents or mentors or whatever that are like, put your head down, grind, like, you got to sacrifice in order to get the thing. You got to put in this many hours to be an expert. You got to do that, you know, all these things.
0: And when you want to be creative, it's like, that's like for her. And also too, looking at the way that she writes and the way that she creates, that is like a true channel. And when you are in, this is going to take you out there a little bit, but when you're in nature a lot, when you're in the sun a lot, when you are in places where there's not a lot of like Wi-Fi interference or 5G or, you know, a lot of like just hectic noise, city noise, city lights, all of that, it really can bring you back closer to like a more embodied self. So Mm -hmm. it's easier to have a clear channel when you're trying to get messages and downloads coming through. And then too, when it's like your soul and body and... Creativity feels safe in you. It's like, okay, you're going to use me for the greatest good. You're going to continue to support and facilitate me. Like whenever I give you an idea, you're going to write it down or you're going to work with it or you're going to think about it, or all these things. It's like a lot of times, and I'll do this where I'll have I had the other day even like a really beautiful idea and thought and and phrase. I was like, oh, that is so beautiful. And I freaking couldn't write it down so it's gone you know it's yes. sometimes like the honoring of it and being quick with like writing it down or facilitating it or working with it mm-hmm. and then also you know the way that she eats and moves is very embodied it's not like for me as someone that has done hit for a long time has done workouts that maybe at one time brought me more into my body at a later point in time in my life have brought me more outside of my body and when you're doing workouts like dance or slow movements or walking and you really are keeping your nervous system really nourished and you're keeping your like self together rather than like that like crazy energy i think you can also channel and have that creativity live in you in a deeper way
1: oh yeah yeah the, you know yeah i feel like the body is that antenna to bring in so much so many mm-hmm. of the messages you know mm-hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that is like alive and clear and connected. I mean, watch out. Yeah, I
0: yeah You know, our episode today with our lovely Peta. She just as a last thing, she eats uh, pretty similarly. She's not very dogmatic, but she does eat a similar way to Jenna, which is you know mostly fruit in the morning until the afternoon and then after fruit's done you start eating veg and like just really really as whole foods as much as possible eating a lot of nutrient-dense foods a lot of bright foods a lot of colorful foods reducing oils reducing um, salt and sugar and that type of thing and Peta, you know, the other day when I was with Peta for her birthday, we ate cake, you know, so it's not like she's dogmatic about it at all and neither is Jenna, but there's a really beautiful like way to honor your constitution that they do within their eating that I was doing that I felt like really, really incredible. And so in this episode at the beginning, we'll talk a little bit about food stuff with PETA as well. So I'm excited to talk about that. And then I may do something a little bit later where I'm kind of going through the whole process of the diet and nutrition from that week. Um, If I'm able to apply it to my life and really make it more sustainable, then I'll be able to talk about it. But that was also something that helped. But how was your trip? You were in Italy. Was it your first time? It was my first time in Italy, I've only been to
1: London as far as like Europe goes. So the first time in Italy and yeah, I think, you know, as far as my experience goes, the food was more indulgent and the freshest, most yeah. like off the vine, off the tree Made with so much love. And I just noticed like the difference there. You know, we went over to the bride's, um, we were there for a wedding. We went over to the bride's family's house. And I mean, eggplant right off the vine, sauteed. Then he's making the pasta from scratch. And it's, you know, it's, it's quote indulgent. And I do, and I know this, and people know this because I I posted on Instagram. Everyone's like, yeah, Europe is. You will feel different eating gluten. You will feel different eating all of these things and dairy. Um, And I did, but I also think like the energy put into the food. So, who makes it, why they're making it. For example, her parents were like, this was like the highlight of their lives to have people at their home in Sicily for their daughter's wedding, it was just like a very special occasion for them. And you can just feel that and like it translates into the food. And that's and it just made me think about the times when I've really like honored food and how it's felt different in my body. So it's like imbuing the food with an intention, you know, and I think that's incredibly real. And yeah, I think just similarly, like being out in the sun, we're in the water, we went to the beach, like this slowness that i think it's probably been a part of the italian culture for a long time european culture for a long time of just like having 3 hour lunches like not rushing we asked for the check and it was like as if we said you know hey can i take off my pants right here like they were just oh like God,
0: what drive him nuts when we'd go on <laughs> vacations in europe he'd be like i get it 2 hours is great really good i love it but three and four hours, I can't do. (laughs) He was like, I cannot do this.
1: It's crazy. And yeah, Sean wasn't used to it either. But after a while, I was like, oh, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like, Where where do we have to go? To be honest,
0: where do we have to go? I just want to take off my clothes. As soon as I'm (laughs) done eating, I just literally want to take off all of my clothes. So I just want to go home right away. It
1: was so, so beautiful. And it just, I think the family piece was so beautiful to see and be reminded like the every day of most of the people that I was interacting with or seeing, especially in Sicily was like the, the core of their interactions was family, you know, like making breakfast out on the porch. We're like, Sean and I are taking a walk and we walked by so many houses where people were having like full on meals, laughing, just conversing, neighbors, family coming over and, Yeah, just that like community aspect during a time that's like really still hard. It's still hard for people, you know, like just what's going on in the world. But like there was just this beautiful purity in the culture there and the way that they live their lives on a day to day. Yeah,
0: there's that locality over like global perspective that sometimes really benefits the people in the local community. That's really nice. And I felt like that too. I was like, dang, I forgot how important travel is for the psyche." Mm -hmm. And like remembering that the world that's in my small area here in Los Angeles, isn't the world and it isn't everything. And not everyone thinks this way. Not everyone lives this way. Not everyone, you know, experiences life in the same way. And if that is just so critical to like, Mm -hmm. it's just our psyche. Truthfully, it's like, we think that we're experiencing this like globalist perspective of the world because of the internet, but we're really, 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 really not. Mm -hmm. Actually, most of the time creates this, you know, an echo chamber as we know of these similar experiences and people and situations. And I was like, dang, I love seeing people that have very little in common to me living their life. And like, what could I take from that and how that makes me feel less alone we're all humans. We're all of the human race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. I, I loved taking, I, I took a lot of walks by myself there, like into town. And I love thinking about like the little worlds that live in each one of yes. the apartments and the little homes. I'm like, there's a world that lives in there that I yes. have no idea about. And they mm-hmm. have their own dramatic world, just like I have my own dramatic. But it's like <laughs> so interesting to think about. And the other piece about the family was that what I noticed and felt different was like the interactions that the little kids had with one another they were uh, so loving and connected to one another like there was just this like beautiful closeness that they had that i was like whoa like they take care of each other they just they they show their love for one another both physically like hugging and just kissing and you know there's there's something to that that i think um Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes I feel a disconnect between children and parents in certain circumstances. And I'm sure it has to do with age and culture and all these things. But there I was like, oh, wow, like these are family units. And I'm sure they have their own issues, but like kids love on one another, the parents to the kids and the parents to the parents. From my experience, it was just like very, very close, very just like respectful and close. And then just on like the nature piece and being outside, I was like, oh man, being in the sun, listening to birds, just like taking a nap. There's truly
0: nothing more. Yeah. I, I was like literally doing like backflips in the pool. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so good for the heart mm-hmm. and the soul. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling? Oh, we also went to Esvedra, which is a area outside of Abifes Spain. it's like this uh, rock formation. It's a bunch of limestone mm-hmm. and the actually it to be Atlantis, like part of Atlantis. And it is an energy vortex. So it's one of the energy vortexes of the world, much like Egypt, Giza in Egypt, much like uh, Sedona, Arizona. And I was like so grateful because it's been one of my goals in life to go to all the energy vortexes. And it's so weird that I was like brought there and I didn't know it was an energy vortex until after. And yeah, it was just Uh like, yeah, it was beautiful. I didn't feel any effects, but yeah. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> I love how everywhere I go, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is Atlantis." Like in Miami, Florida, they're like, "Yeah, this is Atlantis." I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, like everyone's like, "Yeah, like Austin, Texas, this is Atlantis." Like it's who we are. It's just Atlantis. I'm like, okay. Oh, right.
1: <laughs> oh God. Well, I'm so glad you got to go. I'm excited for a for a deeper debrief. Um, yeah, on the food piece. I think that's all. And important. just so
0: everyone knows, I'm going to wear my pajamas for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. on video or not on video, it's <laughs> pajama time. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we record, I'm like, I should change. And then I'm like, oh man, nah. this feels like too much. Too much, dude. We got to be comfy. Gotta I got to be comfortable. That's one thing I've learned It's got to be comfortable. And before we get into this episode with Peta Kelly, which I'm really excited about, I just wanted to make sure you all knew that we have our Podcast Pro Accelerator happening. So Lindsay and I have been in the podcast game for around six years. We taught ourselves everything we know from the ground up. We didn't have followings or any experience in the space. And we've really grown almost 30 just learning a lot of things along the way, making a lot of mistakes, meeting the right people, taking in all the right information. And so in the Podcast Pro Accelerator, we want to help you grow and monetize your podcast. So the growth process can be hard and challenging. So we want to share everything we've learned. We want to support you in community with our other amazing Accelerator participants. And then for monetization, I know you all want to make money doing what you love. I very much did and still do want to make money doing what I love. So we're going to teach you everything we know about monetizing your podcast, uh, which is something that we've done ourselves. We work independently. We don't have a network. Every single deal is managed and done on our own. So we're really, really excited to share everything with you. Last year's Accelerator program completely sold out. We even oversold a little bit and it was a really beautiful, beautiful, diverse group of podcasts. We had sports podcasts, we had murder podcasts, we had health and wellness, we had grief and recovery, we had mom podcasts, we had so many different types of podcasts. And we just want to invite you into the Podcast Pro Accelerator so you can check out more information at almost30.com and we can see if you're a fit there.
1: Yeah, our Accelerator grads... uh... I follow them closely and I'm just like, I'm blown away. We'll be talking to them hopefully on IG Live this week. So stay tuned on Almost 30 Podcasts on Instagram. But this was like a focused six weeks where they gained this confidence and momentum in order to do what they're doing now, which is making money, which is really expressing themselves fully, which is really um, having aligned partnerships and consistency. So... Yeah, I'm just excited to welcome our next group of participants. So you can learn more, go to almost30.com.
0: In today's episode with Peta Kelly. So Peta Kelly is a dear friend of ours. We've had her on the podcast. This is the third time. So you can check out those episodes by searching Peta Kelly, almost 30. And they're really, really beautiful. It kind of takes you through her entire journey and process of motherhood, of um, sovereignty, of liberation. She is someone that is my forever expander and Lindsay's forever expander in life, in her messaging. And we just really love her and appreciate her and how she shows up. So I did this interview solo when I was in Austin, Texas. So I was in Austin, Texas for the weekend. And I interviewed and got to sit down with PETA when she was staying in Austin for a month. So this one's just she and I really ripping. Uh, We talk about food and eating and her transition to eating differently than she did before, which I know she loves to talk about with her community and audience. And then we talked a lot about what liberation feels like, what freedom feels like, and how we can really move into the space of believing that there's a new earth possible and that there's a better way possible. Um, So our intention with this conversation is to be really expansive for us in thinking about new ways of how we can exist and operate in the world. So we can really move into, you know, that 5d cliche, but 5d consciousness and 5d belief and out of the systems of oppression and of Um, lack and of separation and of all of these types of things that we're together as a collective moving away from. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited for this episode. I feel like for a long time now, PETA has been someone that I always, you know, will click on her page or send her a little message because she is someone that I feel like holds the post and um, is always re-looking at Any dogma. She is always recommitting. She is just, she is truly like an alive human being. And so the PETA that you get today might change in a few years. And I, I believe that's like the best, one of the most beautiful things about her and what I love so much about her. And it just having her as a friend, it's like, it helps it's like a mirror to me where I'm like, oh, okay, so I can look at those things too. And I yeah. can express myself and change in those ways too. So I know you guys are going to love this one. You can learn more about PETA, her books, um, her offerings at pitakelly.com And again, we have other episodes with PETA Kelly. Just search PETA Kelly, Almost 30, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you all. As always, this podcast is to serve as... You know, just a resource. Take anything that lands and leave anything that doesn't. Thanks for trusting us. And we will see you on the other side.
0: See you soon. Almost30.com for anything accelerator, Almost30 podcast on Instagram. And you can check my Instagram out at it's Krista, ITS Krista.
1: And I'm at Lindsay Simsick.
0: We love you. Bye.
1: Major announcement from Almost30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development. Find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special, he does not do this often. So we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is gonna be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coded Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership Opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership. But head to almost30.com/slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp. Space dash camp. <laughs> Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th.
0: Is that what uh, you, what do you guys eat?
2: Oh, so much fruit. But like, I wake up and I'm like, get me some cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> it's Everyone is like, I in a in a intermittent fast or twelve? Yes, no. Like candle at eight, (laughs) so it's candle at eight, and then she'll have just just whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. So the the premise is you'd probably break whatever fast you do with the juice, whatever kind of juice. Lately, I haven't been. Actually, for the last five years since I've been breastfeeding and pregnant and having mm-hmm. babies, I haven't been doing much fasting at all. It's just not my season for it. but before that, I was fasting one day a week, pretty religiously well, for many years and we'll probably go back to that again as soon as I'm as soon as I'm done breastfeeding. but yeah, so it, it's just the premise of like fruits should be eaten on its own mm-hmm. without anything touching it in the gut because it has very specific enzymes that, um, you know, if you eat it with other things, there's too many enzymes in the gut and mm-hmm. then it impedes digestion and things will ferment and, you know, create all kinds of funky stuff. But but fruit passes through the, the gut really quickly, passes through the stomach really quickly, like 30, 45 minutes. Mm. And so it's like the premise is you eat fruit before you eat anything else, and then you kind of keep eating fruit all day until you're done with fruit. Because mm-hmm. once you're done with fruit, you're done with fruit. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go and eat fruit after dinner. Like once you're done mm-hmm. with fruit, you're done with fruit. But it's also that fruit is alive, mm-hmm. and it, once you get your body to a certain state of being, I don't think most people would be able to have fruit all day. Everything has its seasons, mm-hmm. you know. It's like summer summer it feels really good perhaps in winter it doesn't perhaps in autumn it doesn't and perhaps there's also seasons for our body where it just doesn't our body wants grains for lunch or fish or I don't know again mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a purist and I I think everything is seasonal
0: mm-hmm.
2: everything so I. You know.
0: yeah I loved it we were I was talking about with Jenna and Jordan the other day about the post you did that was talking about how at times our body can be the dumping ground for our unprocessed emotions or our trauma. Mm. And it's like we use food as like a gateway to soothing or food as a gateway to numbing out or food as a gateway to comfort or food as a gateway to love. But in Mm. that process, we're really just doing a disservice to our body and how we really take advantage of our body at times by like eating, you know, really crap food or just abusing it in a lot of different ways. And that really resonated because I do feel like for a lot of people listening, there are people that are trying to be more mindful and there's other people's projections of what they should be eating and what they should be doing. But then also for me, I've definitely used my body as like a place where it's almost at the mercy of my emotions or trauma. Mm. And I felt like that was really profound and I'd never thought about it that way where it's like I have this body that's trying to do its best, that's Mm -hmm. trying to be there for me. And when I'm not working with my feelings and emotions or trauma, I'm really doing a disservice to myself in more ways than just spiritually and emotionally. It's like physically Mm -hmm. as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think many of us, I don't know many women who have not had Mm -hmm. eating disorders. I definitely have had many, many, many years of disordered eating and emotional eating and compulsive eating. And that's something that I've really faced off with recently is the compulsiveness um, not just of eating but of life and it's where it's coming from and, and where in the nervous system is coming from and which wounds and, and everything. But, I mean, I think it's important as well to understand that it's okay to eat emotionally. We are emotional and we're energetic. Sometimes we're eating, you know, like if I finish a long event, I will just want to eat a bucket of hot chips and mm-hmm. ground myself in the salt and the fat, And you know. It's mm-hmm. just that's i mean that could be called emotional eating and you know eating for specific energies and right now there's there is so much going on and in the world and there's so much trauma being brought up in our bodies and and in our collective body and th- there's a lot and so we also have to be kind to ourselves and not try and be such so perfect with food and mm-hmm. so perfect with our healing and so perfect with you know getting, growing, and becoming better, and becoming more ourselves, and, you know, liberating ourselves, like, we just got to remember there's so much liberation in just being gentle with ourselves, and being like, you know what, I am, I am emotionally eating, and right now, I'll have times where I'm like, I am so emotional, and I am feeling like I want to eat this, and I want to stand in the fridge and do this, but I'm doing it with awareness, and I'm acknowledging what I'm doing, I'm not, pretending that I'm not doing it, I'm doing it. But I am beside myself, like I'm with myself mm-hmm. when I'm doing it. I'm telling the truth about it to myself. I'm I'm in communion with my body and I'm letting my body know, like I am feeling a lot right now, you know. And the bottom line with food and with, with anything is you can only go, and what my mentor says to me all the time, is you can only go at the pace of love. Like you can't go any quicker than that. So if you're still something in you is still wanting to, to do anything, whether it's emotionally, you know, anything, it's just still there for you. So the only pace you can go with it is the pace of love to stop and be like, okay, yeah, I do want to, you know, eat this, you know, and I'm, and I'm not even hungry. I do want to stand and pick, 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 or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. is the compulsive food behavior. And, and I don't, I don't like that this is what I'm doing. I don't believe this is the healthiest response right now. However, I'm doing it and I'm going to love myself while I do it. And I know that if I can keep loving myself and if I can keep inquiring about where this is coming from and if I can be in a loving exploration with myself while I'm doing it, then I'm going to love myself to a place where I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm. Whereas we can't force ourselves And that's what we try and do. We beat ourselves up and we talk about, oh, but I'm really working hard or not doing this anymore. And it's like, yeah, but we haven't loved the little person inside of us. And until we love the little girl, the little wounded person inside of us, until we've tended to what that little person really needs, the behavior is not going to stop no matter how many personal development people we have around us, no matter how disciplined or strong with willpower we can get, because this isn't a game of discipline and willpower. It's Mm -hmm. not. And as any woman will know, if you force yourself into a particular way of eating and it's not, and it's a willpower force, it's not based in love, then you will have a binge, you will have a reaction if it's not true and honest and we know this with ha- even with our desires mm-hmm. like if we do not acknowledge our true and honest desires they will morph into some kind of energy that is not healthy they will we will lash out at someone we will go and um, engage in some behavior we don't want to because we are not being true and honest and loving with our desires so this is why uh, eating intuitively is so important. It's like, if your body is truly asking, like for this week, my body was like, mm, yep, red meat. And cognitively, my body's like, you haven't been in any red meat. This is what... We're, but my body was like, like, okay, like get all your stories about this out and then give me what the fuck I need. And if I didn't, and this is... <laughs> I was talking with Jenna about this too this week. Like I've been noticing times with my eating where sometimes if I don't give my body what it really wants, I will overeat things that I don't really mm-hmm. want. And so I'm full yes. on things I don't want, but it's my idea of healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can be full on the world's largest salad one day and, my, and not digesting it well, because mm-hmm. it wasn't actually what my body wants. It's what I thought my body should want, a according to what I've been eating the last week, according to what this person says, according to what this person says, according to this science, this, this is beliefs, whatever. And yet intuition is only in the moment, is only in the moment. And the body has an intelligence that, you know. So as a general pattern, I noticed, okay, if I can give myself what it is I really want, what really deeply want in my body, like not... What not like a, a wounded want or an ego, what, mm-hmm. what I really fucking want, then I will not overeat or overindulge or over entertain mm-hmm. so much that I don't want. Mm-hmm. That's just what we're doing because we're not, because that's all morphed energy. Mm-hmm. It's energy that's morphed from us denying our wholeness, mm-hmm. the truth of what we want in each moment, whether it's food, the work we're doing, whatever it is. And so there's just so many what I'm learning more than things about food because I've been researching food professionally and personally since 2006. And you can know everything under the sun about all the different ways to eat. But the bottom line is that the how we're eating is just so much, mm-hmm. so much more important because mm-hmm. how we're eating is affecting our digestion, how we're eating is affecting how we process the food, how we're eating is. Uh, we need to, to return to a, to a more loving way of eating mm-hmm. and, you know, but also acknowledging that, yes, we are still very wounded and traumatized. Mm-hmm. We are. And we've learned that food is one place that we can find comfort, we can find escape, we can find these things, but the only way to not have that relationship with food is by loving the part of us that needs that and not wronging it, you know, not wronging it or try and force our way out of it and try and talk our way out, just like going to her and loving her and asking what she needs and being with her for the however many weeks and months or whatever that she needs us to be with her and face and listen to her and go to those ugly, uncomfortable parts that we don't want to pay attention to. And then that's the only way to love ourselves Mm. out of these patterns that we don't enjoy that are holding us back mm-hmm. because when we are using our bodies as emotional dumping grounds for food or anything else it is holding us back however the only way to evolve onto something more loving is by loving our way through it and mm-hmm. we just we don't take that tactic often right now because the personal growth world is made everybody's hard yeah everybody wants to just get better faster quicker
0: <laughs> i feel like a lot of it is like with the, for the soul it's like when we think about all of this with food it's like when we avoid what our soul wants we go to all these things cuz we're like maybe it's this maybe it's this mm-hmm. maybe it's this but when we know in the depth of our soul what we really want mm-hmm. it won't be satisfied until it's that thing exactly and it's the same thing with eating with how we live our lives it's like how you live your life is really it. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. could be working at Chase Bank. (laughs) And if you're living your life with intention, with like gratitude, with love, like Mm -hmm. you could have the most spiritual life. You could have a way more spiritual life than the person down the street. And I think when we see food and I think it's almost like food sometimes is like the hook for people Mm -hmm. to get them in. Because I've noticed that online too with social media, I'm like, if I was someone that was telling everyone what I was eating every day or what to eat or all this stuff about food, I'm like, I'm sure I'd have a bigger following because people love being told what to eat yeah. or what I've eaten. You know, people mm-hmm. love, like that is like a number one, mm-hmm. almost like the easiest outsource. I think that's been the easiest outsource from a young age because I think when we're little, when you're little, you're like, parents are just fully telling you what to mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know what eating for ourselves would be like.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: for you when you're checking in with your with your eating like what does that look like
2: i mean just being honest about how it's making me feel in mm-hmm. my body all over i suppose mm-hmm. and uh, you know emotionally and just in connection with my life when i when i say the word emotionally i mean is is the way i'm eating enjoyable for me yeah it, because you, it needs to be enjoyable f- for you to be able to digest it. Firstly, mm-hmm. I was reading something recently about children and about how, when, with children, it's so important that that we are making their meals fresh and um, uh, like not the same thing every day. And again, this is uh, this is a conversation that they certain families can't have because you know they they grow what they grow and this is it. But but using the seasonal ingredients to make things different kind of every day because boredom with food and enjoyment with food affects how we digest food. So there's these other factors that influence how we digest our food. It's not just the composition of the food. It's it's what's going on at the dinner table. It's, you know, am I enjoying it? Am I excited to eat this meal? Is this something I actually want? Will influence us as well? So I'm mindful to check in with wow, that digested really well. And hey, it actually didn't follow the protocol that I believed was the best. And so I would just get honest with myself. I was telling Jenna the other day that, you know, we talk a lot about food combining, which I really believe in as a as a blanket kind of guide. However, there's moments in my life where I'm like, actually, I want to eat that and that together. And it digests beautifully because the choice is aligned. Because, because I... Enjoyed it because it was what my body wanted, and so you know I think that matters so much. It's it's that it, enjoying enjoying our food, and food is like how we eat is how we live, and so it's just for me, it's about watching. I mean, for me, everything in my life is about looking for the deepest spiritual truth. It's just pretty relentless, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. But um, but it's you know so for me, it's it is checking in like okay, what, what was going on when I decided to eat that? Did, was I eating that because I felt like I needed to? Was I eating that because I wanted to restrict myself? Was I eating that and his whole other conversation? Was I eating it because I was truly giving myself what I want? Was I eating it because I'm in a compulsive reaction? Or, and this is another conversation, Was I eating that because I'm feeling out of control with life and I'm losing control? I feel like I'm not trusting the world right now. So I'm trying to overcompensate by over controlling my food and over restricting my food and being obsessive with food. Because if we are, sometimes that is our way to get control back. You know, we're like, fuck, what's happening in the world? What's happening here? We're starting to lose trust. So we start to become more controlling and obsessive and... Forgetting that, no, I can still trust myself. I can still trust my body. I can still trust my life. And then you get deeper and deeper and deeper into the survival modes with food too. Like, is there going to be enough food? And right now, I think that's being triggered in a lot of us is, is there going to be enough food? And from past lives, you know, and right now with the conversations that are going on, it's being triggered in us, shit, is there going to be food shortages? Is there going to be enough food? So sometimes we are overeating because we're not trusting that we're going to be provided for. And again, on multiple different levels, everyone's experiencing life in a different body and a different amount of resources right now. But, but many of us have had past lives where that's been a very real scenario. So that trauma is being brought up and out. And so I watch myself in all of these different ways with food, like, wow, I feel like I have to order six things right now. <laughs> no. Where's that? Where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. Like, but without being like, oh you greedy bitch, you know, <laughs> yes. which is what my narrative has probably yes. been. Or, you know, it's just like, wow, what's happening? There's something in there. And there's a little girl in there who, you know, I, I think about the little girl in me who was really confused with food as a young age. I was playing elite soccer. We were having our skin folds tested. In front of everyone, including the boys, like our, our fat tested every week to make sure we weren't carrying too much fat <laughs> at high school. Pinched? In front of all the go- yeah. Wow. Pinched, like certain parts of our body was being pinched to make sure that we um, weren't carrying too much fat. And your thing would be read out in front of all the boys and all the girls that were high school. And this was, I mean, for many years I was playing, uh, for many years in that age group, I was playing elite soccer and... And I was very skinny and exercising a lot. So I was very hungry. And then I started to become very, very confused about what I should be eating. Or, you know, then all the messages about... And so I think back to that girl, sometimes when I'm eating, I can feel her just being like, that that confusion come back of like, try not overanalyze, what should I eat? What's this gonna mean for my body? What's this gonna mean for what my body looks like? What's this gonna mean for how my body performs? What's this gonna mean about who I am? Just all the things that were going through my head back then that perhaps I haven't loved her enough. And there's just so many little versions of us inside that need love. And once we start to really pay attention to them and love them, we start to loosen our grip with with food because it's, sa- it's safer too.
1: I'm not sure if you know this, but one out of eight couples struggle with infertility. It's kind of staggering. Most people don't know and or aren't ready to talk about it. And the thing is we really need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our future. Sometimes we can be so lost in the shame of it all, that we forget to really take action and figure out our best options. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. I've been having fertility conversations with a lot of you in my DMs, so I'm excited to talk about Modern Fertility. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, major, major, with a simple finger prick, you mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get personalized results within six Hormone testing at a fertility clinic again can cost three times as much. Get thirty dollars off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost thirty. That's modernfertility.com slash
0: almost thirty. I took a bunch of photos from my mom's house when I was there over the holidays last year. I don't know, last year, maybe the year before, and I have these pictures of me at these like various ages. So I can like send love to those Mm -hmm. versions of myself every day. I have this Mm -hmm. one of like me in a bathing suit. I was like five. I'm just like knobby knees, like full blown. And every day I'm like just sending those versions of me love because I, for so long, I didn't really remember much of my childhood. So having the pictures has helped me sort of like see her and kind of like be with her. But I realized in meditation the other day, I was like, oh man, I find myself, some of my most vivid moments of childhood were with my dad Eating sweets, eating ice cream, all of that thing. And I'm like, damn, I really miss that intimacy with him. And I miss that connection that we had just since we've been apart and since he's gotten sick. And I'm like, damn, I realized so much though so that I'm looking for that comfort, you know, that like childhood joy that I had when I was younger. And so the punishing um myself for it gets a little bit easier when we can kind of think back, but I was reading Louise Hay and um, she talks a lot about overeating and binging is related to um, denial of our feelings and stuffing down our feelings and us not acknowledging our feelings. And for me, that is like incredibly true. It's like if I'm judging how I feel or denying myself how I feel, I will find a way to like, it's almost like you stuff it down.
2: Yeah. In your body. We are stuffing ourselves in every single Way we stuff ourselves with food, we stuff ourselves with stuff, mm-hmm, with we, content, with content, <laughs> we stuff ourselves with information. Yes, we're, we're stuffing ourselves like a chicken. Yes, and there's no space. And we all know what how we feel when we walk into a space and it's minimally designed. We know. We know what space does for us. We know how we feel after we do a fast or we eat a little bit lightly when we've been eating heavily. We know we know the the medicine that space is and that lightness is and we're we're afraid a lot of the time and I even think about you know in this body positivity movement and this is a touchy one but I don't care everything is touchy. Mm-hmm. Um We have to be careful that we're not over-glorifying becoming so full and so heavy that life can't get in. And sometimes in that conversation, and I'm all for body positivity, whatever shape you are, of course. So, you know, nobody twists my words, even though it just happens, whatever. I've got a four-year-old daughter who, you know, oh, my God, like we talk about beautiful bodies all the time. And, you know, it's just everybody deserves to feel confident and and happy and free in their skin. The the thing we've got to be mindful of when we get into that conversation is but what's the truth about about what our soul is really asking for. Our, what's our relationship to lightness? What's our relationship to having a bit more space and, you know, space and lightness within our within our body? What have we What have we come to make that mean? And sometimes now people will wrong people who who live in a lighter body as if they are mistreating it, or they, you know, you must be mistreating it. You must be starving, and without realizing. No, they just feel better that way. They're feeling more in touch that way. They're feeling life like life can get to them more. That's a more receptive open state for them because they're not stuffed. And yet there are also people who are walking around in a light looking body who are stuffed. They just have fast metabolism, whatever. And there are people living in a larger body who feel really light. So it's not exactly the the size of the body, but what we need to look at with ourselves. And I talked about this in the, the Mother Summer Club actually recently. I said, I asked the women to, to look at their relationship to lightness and where they're uncomfortable, because I've had to do this too. Where am I uncomfortable with feeling like I just don't need anything else right now? Where am I uncomfortable with feeling like I'm just not hungry? Where am I comfortable with feeling like I just don't need food? I just don't need like it's like we want to be stuffing ourselves. We want to feel like we should be stuffing ourselves because we're so accustomed to heavy and we're so afraid of light. And again, this is not me saying everybody should go get skinny. It's not that at all. Like Mm -hmm. I said, you can be skinny and heavy and you can be fuller and Mm -hmm. feeling light. Mm -hmm. But we do have to be mindful that we are not ignoring our body's calls because we've decided We've, we've jumped on the body positivity thing and said, fuck it, it's fine that I feel heavier than I want to. It's like, okay, of course it's fine. Of course it's fine. You can feel whatever way you want to, but is it true for you that mm-hmm. you feel good? Is it true for you <coughs> that life can get to you through this body? Mm-hmm. Is it true for you that you can feel life in this body? Is it true for you that, or is it true for you that you're stuffing yourself to not feel life? And so this is where we've just got to, you know, just come back to the truth and put it aside for the minute because I do feel like sometimes we, um, there is a, um, uh, my, again, the body positivity movement is amazing and it's doing the most beautiful things for women to accept their bodies. We've just got to be honest about am I using that? to justify why I don't feel good in my body and why I'm not treating my body as she wants to be treated so that I can access life more fully because we can only access life through our body. And the receptivity of our, our us to life is the receptivity of our body. And this is why the nervous system work. I know we're going to get into that. This is why that is so important because life can only get to us to the degree our body can receive life. And so being in tune with life, again, this is not, there is no like um, prescription that I'm giving here. Again, you can be in a big, full, beautiful body and fully receiving life. And you could be in a stick thin body and not receiving life. It's about getting your own personal body to its state of receptivity and hearing her and listening to her and and being truthful with the way that you're treating mm-hmm. her, so that you can love yourself to a place where you are better able to receive your life and move through life and experience life. Yeah, I think the truthfulness is
0: is the most important, and the stuffing yourself is like really giving me pause because I do feel like this stuffed feeling at times with content overload, you know, social media overload, work overload. Like when people look online at social media, they are immediately stuffed. Or when we're on our phone, it's like that stuffing feeling. where just, it's pulling in so many different directions. It's giving so many different ideas. It's giving so many different prescriptions. It's so many people sharing so many different things. Like each time, it's so weird. Each time you look in your stories, it's like you are yeah. given so much information. And we are naturally with our, Our brain naturally compares as a way of sorting. It's actually part of the natural process of our brain to compare. And so it's natural that we're comparing because it makes the things a lot easier. It keeps us safe when we're comparing what's safe, what's not, what's, you know, for us, what's not. But there's just so much out there for people. And it's like, I do feel like it's given a lot of people this paralysis because there's just so much coming in. And I feel like that's why a lot of people haven't been able to tap into their creativity or to their life force because- there's like the constant inundation, but like they're unable to really sort out what's theirs.
2: Yeah, totally. I think that's super true. And it's. I think people are uncomfortable with trusting themselves. And I think this time on earth, there are people who are being thrust through that. And there are people who are still holding on to a preference to be told what to do. And you're seeing that in the world. Um, there are people who they just want to be told what to do, what's right, what's wrong, and they just want to do, quote unquote, the right thing. And then there's other people who are, you know, I mean, there's many, there's not there's not just a left and right. I won't ever talk in a left and right, right or wrong way because I think those dualities are killing us right now. There's a more liberated way of being. And, and to be honest, I and mean, while we're on that, on the left and the right, if you want to talk politics, there's there's people who are all doing what they think is right and believing everything they read. There are people who are completely walking around asleep right now, believing everything they read. There are also conspiracy theorists, um, quote unquote, believing everything they read. And then there are the critical thinkers who don't need to really call themselves any of that. They are just, uh, you know, they they have or are learning to, and I'm not, you know, I think we're all still learning, but are learning like, wow, so much of it is an illusion. So much, so much of it, so much information that I'm seeing is, is purely just taking my life from me. Mm-hmm. It's so unimportant. It's so irrelevant it is making me feel like there are so many emergencies and things that need my attention in every minute of the day that we're just walking around completely uh, com- like frozen almost and just just waiting for the next bit of information to to do something to us whether it's caused like an internal drama response or and we're just we've become like hooked mm-hmm. hooked and it's become scary and deathly uncomfortable to just be like, okay, you know, what do I feel? What do I feel is true right now? Do I even need, do, you know, what, what do I even need to make a decision on right now? Do I need to be, have an opinion on that, 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 that you know, or where am I using that? as a distraction from becoming more truthful in my life, maybe, you know, your marriage, maybe with your kids, maybe with your job, maybe with, where am I using this, this drama and this endless, like, this, it's like this theme park of come inside, you can have any of this, like, crappy toys, like, you can win this crappy toy, you can win this crappy toy, you can win this crappy toy. And it's like, every day, we just go into the theme park and, like, obsessed with spending our money on this stupid fucking shit, you know, and it's like let's put all our money in all this stupid stuff and then you leave the theme park and you've got nothing but a stupid fluffy toy and that's what we're doing every day. It's like we're going in there and we're getting our jollies and we're having this highs, lows, highs, lows, highs, lows and then we leave and we go to bed and we've just got this shitty fluffy toy and then we'll stuff that fluffy toy in our bed and then we end up with 30 fluffy toys and we're just drowning on it and it's like we at some point... You know, and and this is where I feel like discipline has a place, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, discipline always has a place, to be honest. I agree. Always has a place. However, especially has a place with this because it just becomes like a nervous system hook. And for me, I'll go off social media for extended periods when I feel myself too hooked in because it's my way of being like, okay, enough, enough. And I'm still finding my balance of like, Okay, I can go in, I can post and I get off. And sometimes I'm really good at that. And sometimes depending on how I am inside and depending on the level of distraction I am looking for, (laughs) I will, you know, over-entertain things or feel like even just, it's even an illusion and distraction that we like, I mean, we all have them, but I need to speak on this. Mm -hmm. I need to tell the world what I think about this today. Mm -hmm. No, I fucking don't. Mm -hmm. I had someone DM me,
0: they're like, are you going to do this? Like, you know, or I know you haven't done this yet. And I'm like, I just haven't talked about that. Like, there was the assumption that I hadn't because I had, I wasn't talking about something. I was like, no, I just haven't talked. Like, I was just like, but that's the thing now is there's the assumption you don't care if you're not talking about something. But I think that's, I actually think that's shifting. I think 2020 showed us how little the black squares did and how little all. The sliders did, and how little the content graphics did. I think we're now becoming privy to we know the right places to hopefully look for information for inspiration, yeah. but finding them inside,
2: exactly. And you know the truth by the way it feels you know, when you, you know there's people online or wherever that you yeah. will go to to get your North Star back or to receive counsel, or you know those people, and then you know and i think the feeling is stronger than ever the people who are just virtue signaling like mm-hmm. it stinks and it doesn't just stink it hurts now <laughs> it is like like i mean and you, i i've never been more proud of like there's there's a there's a group of people who've just gone beyond that now they've gone beyond this conversation of um fuck you your privilege fuck you you're this they've gone beyond that to this place of I can't even put words to it, but it gives me it gives me chills. Yes. It's people who are truly living in the field, yes. you know, out beyond our ideas of right and wrong. There is a field There there are people who are there, and I've got chills here now. And there's still people who are clinging to, wanting humans to be shitter than they really are, and they are wanting drama. They are wanting to con- continuously recreate drama. Because that's what's going on inside of them. Firstly, they don't know who they are or what their profession is beyond talking about how fucking shit humanity is. And then they don't realize that how the fuck are we ever meant to create a new anything if we're unwilling to let go of the belief that humans are always going to be shit. And I understand there's work to do. Oh, my goodness, of course, no one is going to deny that. We all have work to do. We're all walking around traumatised right now, everyone. Everyone's walking around with dealing with their own trauma. What we don't need is to continuously be told that you're shit, you're this label, you believe this about other people. When most people are inherently really fucking good and really loving and really, really accepting and really open, and yet right now they're confused Because they're told that, no, you fall into this camp. I'm just connecting with people all over the world from all different walks of life who are kind of in this energy that I'm resonating with. And the other energies of relentless fighting and wanting to name, call, and label, Mm -hmm. I'm just not fucking playing Mm -hmm. there. Because so much
0: of that, and that was so much in 2020, it was like, it felt like, So we're talking about privilege here, but, and this is a kind of specific right tangent. It's like, so, but the words and phrases and things that you're saying and using are actually only accessible to people that are in university and that have studied this certain sect. And it felt like most people don't know what you're talking about. Most people don't understand the words and phrases and terminologies and all of these things. That are, you know, people that are farmers, people that are middle America, people that are all these things. And so much of the mission of these things is actually counterproductive to what they're doing. And it's, I think people are waking up to it in a really deep way. And I think people are realizing that there is a better way. But for the on the optimism piece, that was something that I had to realize as I got older where in high school or college, I was like, oh, it's like cool to be pessimist. Like it was like, that was like my humor. I was like being a pessimist. And that was like, I don't know if it was very Ohio, but it's actually the harder route to be pessimist. Like you actually have to rewire a lot of your brain to be an optimist, you know, to think positively, to think for the best outcomes, to look for the good, because we're so wired for pessimism. And I think that people really look down upon people that are optimistic and almost think that they're completely aloof yeah. to what's going on in the world. But there is an option where you can know what's going on, have reverence for it, and choose yeah. the other way.
2: Exactly. Like last year, people were. No, check yourself, check yourself. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. So there's these traumatized people being, sitting there just basically feeling, I mean, oh,
0: I'm, it, it, I'm just, laughing. it just
2: bra- it breaks. I'm literally laughing. Yeah, it breaks my fucking heart <laughs> I though. It's know. like, I know. so people are constantly I mean, talk about separating us from our nature. Talk about separating us from our truth. Like talk about making you feel like you don't even know yourself. When you can come out and say, no, I'm this. And they, no, you're not. You're this. No, I actually know. I actually know that's, you know. And so people have been bullied out of their nature and out of their truth. Because the the social activism scene is like, well, this is this is what you've got to say to be a good person right now. And yet there's a there's a group that's emerged out of that that's gone beyond it. That's actually like, actually no. I don't give a shit if you know who I am or who you don't know. I'm not going to fall into your labels. I'm going to say what is true for me because because we're in a world right now where The world is dependent upon our internal sovereignty and our internal liberation and our personal one. So I'm going to take responsibility for that and I'm going to let you name call all you want, but I'm not playing this absolute bullshit of try-hardiness and, you know, this destructive social activism, which is actually causing a far deeper divide than many will know and You know, there is a place where you can look at yourself and be like, wow, I didn't know that before. That's awesome, now I know it. Shit, I didn't know that. Wow, I have so much more empathy and understanding for what that person's going through and that person's going through and that person's going through. And still, this is my path to walk. And still, I am in this body, in this life, with this this stuff to liberate within myself, these gifts to give the world, and yet I am still going to walk this path, even though... I am not experiencing the same life as that person, even though I'm not completely dialed in with that, even though I don't know everything about that. I am a good, loving, honest person and I am becoming more and more aware every day. And you know, I am going to commit to my liberation and walking my path. I am not going to say the things and harp the songs that make me look like a good person when I know what's in my heart. And this is where we're being asked to go. This is what liberation is, is walking the path of our soul, even when others would prefer that your path was one that justified their idea of what you should do and what you should be. No, if we really believe that everybody is a free person and we believe in a free world and we believe in liberation for all, then we need to believe and remember that each of us is walking in alignment with God. Each of us, has a soul that is connected to the same source. And if we can trust our own, all these people who are able to communicate their beautiful purpose and message, if we trust that we are connected to God and source, then we have to trust that all these people are also. And if something we're saying doesn't resonate or land with them, that is perfect for their path. And their path is their path to walk. And our path is our path to walk. And it is none of our business to try and tell someone else that they are off path because it doesn't suit our idea of their path. And so we really want a liberated world. We really want a free and sovereign world. We need to take responsibility for our our personal expression, our personal trauma, our wounds, whatever that looks like in this earth because we are walking in different bodies, in different demographics, and it is all perfect for our soul. And I fought so long, well, you know, I can't talk about this because people are going to think people aren't going to really know my childhood. People look at me and assume that I came from money. People are going to look at me and, and they don't know my story about my bedroom as a garage and my mum couldn't afford the hot water. they're going to assume this, this, this about me. so I better I better not talk about this. so scared to be my truest expression because people are going to think that I'm less worthy of an expression because my path looks different in this life. Until I got to the point where I got so tired and so afraid to speak online that I just had to draw a line in the sand and say, fuck that. I'm here as a child of God, as a child of source, just as everyone else is. And I have walked my lives in this soul and I have had my experiences and I am healing my stuff so so tenaciously that people have no idea what I'm here to do and what I'm here to experience. And I'm not going to let a single other soul come onto my social media, come into my world, look anything, and try and tell me that I need to get off my path and onto theirs. No. And the, re- the way that I arrived at that was through the pain of trying to, so hard to have others get my path and of the pain of wanting others to be right about me and to see my heart and to see my soul like I know myself. And when I realize that, wow, we're all walking around like these traumatized little beings all doing our best in alignment with whatever rate of evolution we've signed up for. Wow, like they are seeing me from where they're at. And I get it because I see people from where I'm at too. I understand how people can judge me because I have judged other people. I understand how other people can be wrong about me because I've been wrong about other people. And so it's only when we start to know ourselves so intimately that we're like, wow, I used to be a judgy bitch. Wow, I used to be wrong about that person. Wow, I used to think that person was wrong for doing this. Then we can understand why other people do it to us and we can realize how how ridiculous it is that we let it consume us anymore you know and so recently i've had you know back in the day i would have received messages of you know and it, and it would have crippled me and now i've received many in the last few weeks and i you know it is is water for ducks back i'm like hey i have i have earned this this relationship with myself and say whatever you want but i i am here and i'm in my body and i am Walking my path, and my commitment is to walking that path for myself, for my family, for my children, and for this earth, because I didn't incarnate in this earth to incarnate as you or even as your idea of me. I came here to incarnate as me, and I am doing a fine job of that. And when we can, when we really throw ourselves into the depths of that healing, of our healing. We we have such a love for ourselves because we know what it takes and we know our hurts and we know what we've been through and we know that no one else will ever know. And we arrive at this place of such a tender love for ourselves where we are like, you know what, I'm not perfect and I'm going to say things which I regret and I'm going to evolve on from this truth and I am going to need to say sorry. And yet this is still my path to walk. And I am still worthy of saying what is true for me. And I'm still worthy of living my path, even if others don't understand it. And that's this place of self-love that I've arrived to and Mm self-respect only from abandoning myself, only from betraying myself, only from letting other people's big words and emotions cripple me. And so, you know, I I was in Italy recently and I got a message and it was like this lady who never met me before and it's funny how isn't that always the case. Never met me before, but wrote me this long message about just the type of person that I am. And it was so interesting because I once upon a time, my stomach would have gone in knots and I would have been like, how can this lady think this of me? She's so wrong about me. That How can people be wrong about me? Doesn't she know? Maybe I should do a post about this, yes, this, this, this. this. Yes. And then in my soul, it was just like, I felt such a calm in my body. Like, of course she doesn't know you, but you know you. And I just... I just exit out of my phone, put my phone on the pillowcase and go back to my kids. And I just felt so much progress in that moment. Like I have worked for that, for that feeling where someone was wrong about me who, who didn't know me, but it hurts nonetheless. Someone was wrong about me. And yet I didn't let me become wrong about me. And, you know, it, and my by nature, I take things people say and I run it through my true thing anyway, like, wow, is any of this true? Where's any of this true? And I always, I'm one of those people who's natural, naturally always been quite hard on myself, you know, perfectionist, you know, really high grades, all of that. I'll always take it and naturally be quite hard on myself. My husband's always like, honey, fuck, like, shut up. You're an amazing mom, like having to, but then there's a point where you can do that yeah, there's a point, you just reach a point where you can do it so lovingly and openly and humbly, humbly, humbly. <laughs> where you can take input and be like, wow, yeah, shit, I can really improve in that. I can grow in that. area. Fuck, rap I really hurt that person. I can apologize. And I can still also love and respect myself at the same time without leaving ourselves and being like, you're right. I am a piece of shit, yeah, you know. Then you start to virtue signal. Oh, 100%, that's bit, why
0: virtue signaling exists. Yeah.
2: Because of shame. It's shame. And because we don't know ourselves and we haven't yes. given ourselves enough of our love to feel like we don't need it from strangers anymore. And when we, when we get to truly know ourselves and we liberate ourselves to that point, it's like I don't need strangers on the internet to know who I am. I just don't. I know that there are people in my immediate, like I know that when I die, I know what will be said about me by the people who knew me. I know who I am. I know how I live each day. For instance, we had a, someone helping us in Italy and she's like, I. she said to me, and it really moved me, You're the, she said to me, you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. And because I get to see how you live in your real everyday life. And she said the most beautiful things to me, like you're so kind to everyone, you're so humble. And that compliment meant so much to me because she sees me in my everyday life. And it stopped me because I don't, you know, I, I need to get better at receiving compliments, but it stopped me. And I was like, wow, like, thank you. Because yes. I am kind, and I am generous, and I am. And thank you for for seeing that. It just it just moved me so much because it was someone who watches me with my children, watches me with strangers, watches me in the mornings and in the nights, and when I'm tired and when I'm you know watching me go through some deep stresses in my life and watching me how I handle it and and it's like you know it's it was a beautiful reflection because it was. A pri- such a private, meaningful one, you know? And so it's like, and I think we're all being rubbed up on this facing death right now and there's death happening a lot. And I think about it, I'm like, okay, so when, it, when it's time for me to go, whoever it is speaking about me, who really knows me, I know what it is that they're going to be talking about me. And I know that the things they're going to be laughing at and I know that the things they're going to be saying that, annoy them about me and I know I know what they're going to be crying over because I know what they're going to miss about me and that's what matters to me, mm-hmm. you know, and the people online who I serve, I, that's an exchange where I get to express myself creatively and I know, I know that it's hitting the right people and beyond that, I don't have to play that game.
1: Okay. If you love to cook, but don't like to go to the grocery store to get all the ingredients, I highly recommend HelloFresh. Okay. This is an incredible way to make meals at home with all of the ingredients and easy-to-read instruction guide. And honestly, most of the meals are ready in less than 15 minutes. It's absolutely amazing. HelloFresh's Festive Fair collection features limited-time recipes made with seasonal produce and premium proteins. I've been checking that out. So if you're looking to get out of that post-holiday slump with these like really beautiful, yummy, elevated winter classics, go check those out. Um, But really... I'm obsessed with HelloFresh because I can eat well and save money. So I've been cutting back on expensive takeout and delivery and with HelloFresh it's just super easy, it's affordable. Honestly, I feel like I have like restaurant meals right in my kitchen and I'm making them and I'm also learning a lot about like cooking as well. It's so easy and stress-free and delicious, but I'm like learning. It's so nice. So I highly recommend make your life easier if you're someone who's all about convenience. Try HelloFresh. It's delivered straight to your door, which is so awesome. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 21 almost 3030 and use code 21 almost 3030 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. What? Yes, you heard it right. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 21 almost 30 and use code 21 almost30 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Save time, have gorgeous, delicious meals, honestly, on your table in less than 15 minutes. Hello. So that's hellofresh.com slash 21almost30 and use the code 21almost30 for 21 free meals plus free shipping.
0: I think for the, you know, when thinking about the woman that messaged you, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think there's this this is how much of like a digital world we're becoming because we're kind of putting 3D people in like a 2D space where it's like, oh, you're perceiving these things or you're assuming these things or I haven't said this about this or I haven't done this about this. And it's like, there's so much perception that's happening with social media and there's now the assumption that you're sharing everything and you're sharing what you care about and you're sharing your passions and you're sharing your opinion and you're sharing your political party and all these things and that's just not not true you know so many of us don't share so much of everything online like i don't want i want all of my being to be here i don't want all of my being to be online i want my private relationships to have full access to my magic to my vulnerability to my things. I want my community online to be served by what they're served by, which is what they can choose. But it's like, you do want to keep that, the parts of you for life.
2: Yeah, well, it is, social media is a highlight reel. And I think people need to just get over that. Like, I'm not going, like this last week has been a really, really fucking hard week for me. Really hard. Like releasing really deep trauma, trauma, from my body, you know, bedridden, which is something I never am. Three big international moves with kids in the last two months. Like it just, and just a lot coming out of my body and my little girl inside. And, you know, and it's funny because it's like, am I being inauthentic because I'm not sharing the depths of this online? My soul is like, no, like we don't have to film ourselves bawling our eyes out in bed In order to be authentic, you know, like it is like we share what feels appropriate for us to share. The problem is that humans have lost the ability to discern. They're like, well, you never share that you go through this and this and this. It's like, hey, (laughs) what would you like me to do? Would you like me to share? Would you like me to share the moment where my kids power spewed in JFK Airport the other day? Like, Would you like me to share that, that? all the hard things that I go through so that you know that I'm worthy of having a voice? Do you need me to prove my worthiness of having a voice to you? Is that what it is? Because you haven't let yourself be worthy of having a voice? And so it's like, as soon adults can just learn to discern and to just stop needing so much from strangers, the sooner we will... We'll be able to see that everybody's just expressing authentically and appropriately. Like, I don't post my children's faces. My strangers don't deserve to see my children. That doesn't mean that I'm not with my kids all day, every day, you know? Like, it's. some people will look at my Instagram and be like, well, you're not posting your kids all the time. Yes, because I'm with my kids. I'm not, my kids aren't for people who don't know them. It's like, it is a highlight reel. It is what we want it to be. Instagram is our place of expression, it's our place of this is what i want to express with the world and this is what i don't want to express with the world and because we're not taking photos of ourselves on the toilet having diarrhea it doesn't mean that we're not authentic it just means that that's not appropriate and maybe it's not right for the sharing like i've had i've been through things with my husband that haven't and won't make it to wow. because we're private yeah. we're private and we like to go through our things on our, on our own and some people are just they just you know, there's the personal people in my life will I'll call when I need. It's just, it's just not appropriate. It's not appropriate. And we just got to get over, oh, this is, it's just a highlight reel. Fuck yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. That's what you signed up for, mm-hmm. the highlight reel. So have fun with it. Like just to have fun with it. It's an expression you don't. It, I think that's, yeah. that's just life where people, you know, people can't, if it's like it's
0: a highlight reel and that's not real life, that's true. But people are always looking for how they're getting duped. Yeah, with everything, it's like, how am I being tricked?
2: Yeah, how is
0: this dishonest? How, how is this not real? Like, how could it not be really good all the time? Yeah, you know, how is there not truth in there? And how is, you know, how is this person like lying about things? Like, and it's also interesting about how people really do get a lot of get served a lot online with like information, inspiration, insight. And then I wonder how much people are actually going to their intimate relationships for that because they're getting fed yeah. the things online.
2: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's such a good point. It's And connection too, like getting connection yes. there and getting um, approval there. And also just our releases and our, yeah, there's, there's so much, man, this is a whole like PhD, isn't it? It's a master class, Peter. It, it is a master class. Sign up for my master class. <laughs> Sign up for class. <laughs> What's all oh, that? The Marty T. Niche. Dude, isn't that life? <laughs> you know what's funny? The the bodybuilder, the Australian one. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm Rick.
0: He's like, hey, I'm Rick. Say like, I'm gonna make like 40 chicken patties.
2: <laughs> yeah, I said it to my brother, because oh man, my brother talks like that. Really, he doesn't. He will fucking kill me if he listens to this yes. he, he doesn't, but my brother is very Australian speaking and yeah, it says, hey, girl, just uh, not my brother. I'm talking, I'm talking about Guy Hey, guys,
0: this is Rick. He's like, I my am trainer. Rick. trainer. Yeah,
2: my, my trainer. Me my trainer just finished a really <laughs> but good that's
0: why That's why Marnie T is so amazing. Because Marnie T, everything Marnie T says is like,
2: I'm down with. Yeah, it's just, it's just. We just got to be lighter about yes. it, and it's just, and just realize too, like, yeah, that person's selling a course. That's what they fucking do. Like, yes. they're selling a course. Like, buy it or don't buy it. Just yes. get over it. Stop making them wrong. They're yes. selling a course. You're following them. Stop getting butt hurt by the fact that they're selling a course. Yes. Just don't buy the course. Yeah, it's just. Oh, that person's doing this now. That person's doing. It's just like oh, my and God. I feel like the
0: standards are so different for men and women. Yeah. It's like when women are selling too much, it's like a problem. And there is like a, a, a fine line, but I do feel like women are so much harder on women when they're doing that than men. It's like, if you see a man that's selling a masterclass or all these things, you're like, yeah, whatever, moving yeah. on. But when it's women, it's like, people are like, hey- you're- This
2: embedded thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: And that's what I noticed actually with last year. It's like, I think most people had the focus of criticism on women. Mm. Like other women, like I don't know many men yeah. that were in receipt of a lot of the criticism or the projections or the eyes that a lot yeah. of women went through. I
2: think because uh, the women are going through the liberation. Yes. And it's like the women are the ones who are, I mean, the, I mean, when people, you look at the mothers right now, they are like, uh, fuck no, you do not touch my children, you know, and it's. And it's women are being activated in this way. It's And so naturally, people are so uncomfortable with liberated people. And people are so uncomfortable with liberated women. And this is why when I smell out a liberated woman online, I'm like all over her like a rash. I'm like, follow, yes. let me read your whole feed. <laughs> yes. And I love going back and reading the journey too. I just, I feel something in them that is just like, like yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. you
0: intoxicating. Uh, Yes,
2: it is. It's just, oh my God. And there are, you know, there is like an amount, I don't know, an amount, a handful. I'm sure there's more than a handful, but that are truly like, this is who I am. I'm not playing your games. And just like, wow. And I can just look at a photo of one of them. I'm like, that's my reminder right there. It's not the women who are constantly you know, screenshotting other people's stuff and talking about it and tearing them down in the name of quote unquote feminism. It's just like, no, no, no. We are so far beyond that bullshit now. We are so far beyond that bullshit now. If you are not liberated, you cannot stomach other people's liberation. You cannot stomach them free. And when you become liberated, you cannot get enough of free people. Like I look at these women and, and their free expression and I am like fist pumping in the air. Yes. I'm like, we, yes, yes, yes. Like I just want it so bad for them. And, and then the and the other side where there's the people trying to pull you into their drama and how, no, we should still be criticizing each other. It's just like, hey, like do not even try and sign me up for that shit again. We've all been there. And it's not like I have a little girl and a little boy. So it's four now. And I mean, Growing at the rate of knots, so I'm just like, uh, I know which world, I know which world I want her to be in. And it's not the one where she's uh, timid to express herself because a vulture like some of these women are, are going to come along and rip her to shreds in the name of fucking feminism. Mm-hmm. Like, please, please. And it's just, when you are free, that doesn't, like I said, doesn't just smell, It hurts. It hurts now, and it's not okay. And it's just there was one woman in Australia who's doing it right now to a bunch. Did it to me. Did it to a bunch of others. And man, it's just like okay. If you really feel like you're doing something good for the world right now,
0: I think about privilege. I'm like, yo, if you have the time to tear down other people on your cell phone at your house, yeah, like that's a lot of free time, yeah, that and privileged opportunity yeah. to be taking and wasting on other people, like. That sort of thing. And it's 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 hard for me when people can't see through that. Like, and that's how kind of and there's so many different layers of our oppression as a human, where one of them is we feel like we have to, we have to pay for freedom. We have to give up this thing for freedom. We have to do this for this. Like there's always that we have to go through hell to get to heaven. We have to do all of these things. And it's all like this programming that we've been just embedded with. That's so.
2: Yeah. But then the paradox is that for, for true living in a true liberated way, often we do go through hell. Like I feel like I have been through Mm -hmm. and, and only the people who know me and know the way I think and know how deeply I feel will know Mm -hmm. the kind of hell that I've put myself Mm -hmm. through to, in the name of healing and truth Mm -hmm. and freedom. Mm -hmm. And, and so it, it, I feel like, yeah, we we do. We have got to plunge, and and we I don't know. There there is some truth to. I do feel like to know how heaven. You've got to know hell. I feel like that's definitely true for me. But in terms of I guess worthiness, I just, you mean like I completely understand what you're saying. I guess about I just worthiness. don't want to apply that for the future
0: always. No, 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 no. You because know,
2: it's, you know, no, because. No, absolutely not, because the, the blueprint's been changed now. The blueprint's been changed so that we can access, and this is the whole thing with heaven on earth. For, for till now, I believe, that there has been a prerequisite. You need a plunge to your hell to know heaven, and many of the leaders in this space, true leaders, I'm not talking about there's true leaders who don't have a side, they are truly leading energetically, like leading right now, have been to a personal hell. And... They can taste heaven in every day, like many few can. And they are forging a path so that more can access that more easily. 100%. It is not going to be a prerequisite in the future. Things are going to be beautiful, quicker, faster, easier, you know? However, on that note, what you were saying with the um, worthiness, it's like we feel online like we need to prove all the hardships we've been through in order to say something, in order to have a nice dress, in order to have a nice this. And it's like when you, become a, when you become attuned to your path and what you're here to walk and why and your gifts to give this world, you stop explaining yourself and you stop making sure. It's making sure you know you're worthy, I believe. It's making sure others like stop caring that others know that you are worthy. Because others will never ever recognize your worth until they've recognized their own worth, and there's just and it's just not happening for a lot of people right now. And sad, yes, we've all been there. We all know the the depths of a low self worth. But when you when you start to walk your path confidently, something you earned, and you know only you know what it took. No one else does. When you start to walk, like oh my, yeah, my shoulders are back, and this feels good, and it's like there not everybody is going to believe that you're worthy of that, but other people are seeing through the lens of what they believe they're worthy of. Yes. And, you know, and it's yet your worth, your sense of worth will will activate in the right people, mm-hmm. you know? I'm
0: curious if you think too, because this is, a, you know, with the, where you have to share, okay, so I've gone through hell. Now I am receiving gifts or I'm receiving accolades or I'm receiving this. For me it feels like I perceive it to be women again. You know, I don't know a lot yeah. of men that feel like they have to pre share
2: all of their no, traumatic history. No, yeah. No. And again, it is a blanket thing. There's there's some people who are dropped in this earth, relatively <clears throat> traumaless, and they're just here to have a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to explain that to anyone either. And that's the thing. This is what we've got to get good at. And I've got I talked about it and stopped missing the point a little bit, but I've got like a whole other class I want to do on it. It's about if you cannot be okay with people, like the ultimate empathy is also being okay with people whose life seems to be uh, offensively good to you. When you can start being like, well, that's their soul path and they're walking it and as long as they are, you know, liberated and free, I am cool. They are not offending me by living their path, no matter how glorious it looks like. That's that's a big healing when humanity can be at that place where we are not constantly trying to make others have a shitter experience to make us feel better, mm-hmm. and that's deep and it's a lot and there's a lot of stuff there that uh, that is for multiple people is triggering on multiple levels, but that's a big part of the the healing that we're on. It's like there are some not everybody is here to have the same experience in this life. They just they're just not. Is it fair? I don't know, <laughs> you know. But we didn't sign up for fair. We signed up for true, and we're here to have the experience that we're here to have. And you know, there's this ad, and I, have, I wrote a post about this the other day. I haven't posted it yet because I'm, I'm trying to get it right. You know, it was an ad. There was this ad in Australia, and it was called Eyes on the Road, Rhonda. And it was like a car insurance ad or something, where the lady was driving and. And they kept saying to her, eyes on the road, Rhonda. And so whenever you're in a car in Australia and you turn around, people will say to you, eyes on the road, Rhonda. Like it's just like this joke that you all know. And I always think about it in terms of spirituality, like get your eyes on your own fucking road. Yes. Like turn, like eyes on the road, Rhonda. And I am <laughs> I want to make another ad about it that's more like, yes, I understand that that person, you know, this, is this, this, but you don't know that person's soul. You have no idea what they've lived through, what they haven't lived through. And... You're living in a way where you're entitled to know that person's deepest, darkest, like or lightest, brightest stuff. You're entitled to know all their their everything. Like what about just accepting that they are living in accordance with their divine plan just as you are? And stop letting it be a distraction from what needs loving and liberating inside of you. You know, and it's And it's hard because other people are our triggers and they are our mirrors and everything, but we can overly indulge trying to make sense of other people's lives. We can go overboard with it and we can try and make sense of what they don't deserve that. They haven't been through this. They would never understand this. What would they know? Easy for them. All these stories, and it's just like, you know what? Maybe it is easy for them. Just let it be easy for them and focus back on what is true for you. And, you know, that's right now, it's just, because there are so many, um, because there is so trauma around so much oppression, like real oppression and so much inequality and flat out unfairness, yeah. just shit that's just completely unjust and just wrong, so wrong. And yet that trauma, where um, again, and it's not my space to comment on what people do with that in their own life, it's just not my place at all. But I know that for many, Many of us, we are spending more of our energy on trying to get others to justify their path to us than we are on walking our own path. And we're never going to understand the depths of someone's path. We're never going to understand what makes them worthy of being here. But what we know is that they are. And we are too. And we need to turn our eyes back on the road, Rhonda. Mm -hmm. We need merch. Yeah. (laughs) I know that's been like the
0: most spiritual thing for me in the past year or so is to be like, and when I do find myself comparing or thinking that, I'm like, oh, I completely forgot that that's really none of my business. Yeah. Like anyone else's path is completely between them and God, their soul and yeah. God. So it's like their spirit communicating with their oversoul who's communicating with God. They have a whole thing going. Yeah. They have a whole direction. They have a whole path. They have a whole mission. And I
2: really, that's really none of my business. Yeah, unless it's like directly, yes. in, unless you're in yes. relationship with them yes. or it's directly impacting you, then- then that's within your, you know, sovereign rights to sort that shit out. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of the time, these are strangers (laughs) on the fucking internet. Like, let's be real where most of our energy goes these Mm -hmm. days. It's not in our conversations with our best friends of 10 years. It's not in our conversation with our husband. It's strangers that we don't even fucking know that we're letting take our life from us or they're not even taking our life from us. We are taking our life from ourselves by pretending that they're doing something so wrong by living their own life in their own way and caring what they care about and not caring about what we care about maybe, you know? Yeah, I always like to do a little practice
0: with everyone. It's like, take a Sunday or a Saturday off your phone completely. And do you feel yourself as caught up in the narratives, as judgmental, as, you know, It I find that for a lot of us, when the phone is down, a lot of the drama, the stories, the, it's like this whole universe exists on the phone of projections and of ideas and of... This world that sometimes isn't what's going on.
2: No, so much is an illusion. It's so much. much, and I find peace in that knowing instantly. Yeah, so much of what I'm letting take my life from me today is not even real. I know it's not even real. Mm-hmm. And if we can just you know take get off the media, because I mean, so many people don't watch the news, but then they're on social media, and it's just it's just as bad yeah. now. Is the news is actually like kind of funny now? Yes. It's kind of like yes, let me watch. It's funny. Like mm-hmm. I watch it for lols. I'm like.
0: Well, I just think the type of programming that they're doing or like the mind control I'm like, wow it's 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 yeah un- the shit that they say is so blatant I know
2: I know it's unreal it's unreal I know and then social media is a little bit more coy mm-hmm. and, and it's just it's all it's all still the same, you know it's all still input and at the end of the day, like you know. what's real and what's not. We, We know the truth, by the way, it feels like intuition has such a more important place than science right now, it's not even funny. It's not even funny. And I say that as someone who has two science degrees.
0: Yeah, I think people are so used to outsourcing their intuition, they don't really even know what it's like. And I feel like that's like the world of robots. Like I was thinking about when we're just inputting information into our brains and then exporting it out, waiting for, we're reacting. Like in the constant state of reaction, the actual integration and creation is what makes us human. And there is this weird transition over to AI, to like digital, to this world that we all see happening. And it's like, how are we already acting like that when we're not actually, like the most beautiful parts of humanity is creation. It's our creativity. It's like, there's this like divine God energy in us that allows us to create, that allows us to access different worlds with our minds. Like in our dream state, you're accessing so many different things. But when we are just in that, we're how are we really different than
2: like a robot yeah. anyways? No, exactly. We're not, we're training. We're totally training right now. Yes. And this is why coming back to nature, this is why- Training is so true. Anything that trying, tries to interfere with nature is
0: you yes, know, that's
2: that's where the alarm bells should go off. Anything yes. that comes between people and nature, that's the that's where the alarm should be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a general rule, anything between us and our nature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and right now the upgrade is that we are getting onto the same page as nature. I mm-hmm. talk about it in Earth is Hiring. It's like we're not saving the earth. Like the earth is cool. Yeah. She is cool. Oh we're saving ourselves and we need to get on the same page the same frequency as her. Otherwise, we're we're not going to um, we're not going to last and get onto her her operating system as well, which we are. But slowly, over the last however many decades, people have been taking themselves off that operating system with the foods they eat, with the way they think, with the stuff they put into their body, with the stuff they put on their. You know, it's just it's just going back to making sure that our operating system is as close to hers as possible. You know, it's the only way we're going to survive and that's why it's um, right now it's scary because there's a lot of people who are choosing something else and yet that's within their sovereignty to do so. And so we just have to come back to what we can do to be, to most closely it's not even to mimic the blueprint of nature, it's to remember our mm-hmm. blueprint of nature because we are nature. <laughs> what we are, I mean, my fingernails are growing and I didn't tell them what to do and it certainly wasn't a fucking robot who did, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think
0: it's been so interesting to see the ways that we're so removed from nature and it just happens so slowly. Mm. And it happens, it's been happening, you know, for the past couple of years and now... I'll just be sick if I'm, you know, it's that calling where you're like, oh, I need I need this nourishment. I need this, this time outside or this time in nature. But I've really noticed a lot of people with, you know, outsourcing their intuition and really giving away their free will. In the Law of One, it talks a lot about negative and positive polarity. So negatively polarized beings and positively polarized beings. And that's actually really important for ascension. So the greater the polarization, the more likely we are to ascend. And that's why it feels so split right now. That's actually the part of the process in the path that actually duality is the 3D experience. That's actually what it's all about is having the polarities. And of course, creator sees them both as as part of it all and loves them both equally, even mm-hmm. the darkest of dark creator yeah, loves the darkest exactly, of dark. Exactly. And it's been so interesting because I was reading this piece where it was like, it helped me understand why it feels like the negative polarity is so strongly charged. It feels like it's almost overtaking. Like it feels like a cloud that's like rolling in is because the negative polarity actually doesn't honor others free will. And, you know, part of that path is to really test the free will of positive and negative polarity. So once you're not honoring free will, and that's one of the laws of the universe, that is like a part of negative polarity. So if you're not honoring someone's free will with their body, with their life, with their schooling, whatever, with whatever they eat, that's partly polarizing negative. And the positive polarity, because it honors free will, it has less of a strong Charge, it feels like it's less powerful at times. We perceive that because we honor the free will of negatively polarized and we honor the free will of positive, positively polarized. And it's been fascinating to just see, like, sort of like the free
2: will imposition
0: of mm-hmm. the, these mm-hmm. times. Yeah.
2: Yep. And I think the remembrance is that we are always free if we know we are, you know, and to remember that in every day and A lot of the times we think we're less free than we are because we're paying too much attention to other people telling us so. But when you come back to your body and to your life and come back to where your freedoms really are, you know, it's we're always, we're still free. We're still free. People are like, well, they've they've taken this, they've taken that, we've taken that. And well, when you really think about the truth, no, they haven't. They haven't. They can't. Yeah. That's
0: beautiful. I'd love to wrap up there. What can our amazing community look forward from you? Or what,
2: what? what's on your heart to share? Summer club. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do the next season. I've got some classes I just want to teach. Just keeping it floy right now. I've got the Mother Summer book that's, that I've been like writing in little bits over the last four years since I was little that I've got to finish for the fall. So I've got volume one and two of that. Because volume one and two, because why not? I've got another book that's coming out that's kind of a collection of writing from the last couple of years, like liberated liberated pieces. And then I'm just wanna I just want to teach some classes. I'm feeling like things are moving too quickly right now to do long form things for me. So I just I'm gonna do one on food. I'm gonna do one on money, and I'm gonna do one on like a general um, updated liberation one. Money is something that people have been asking from me for a really long time, and I've resisted because there's just so many people talking in that space, and I've kind of wanted to leave it alone. And but now there's just yeah, I just I'm, I'm happy to offer something little. So I'm gonna do a yeah, just do a series of classes coming up and the recordings will be on my site and just keep it light. Things are changing too quickly for me to commit to big, long things. And, you know, even in the Mother Summer Club, like we're going to wrap that up. We've got another two calls inside this season of the Mother Summer Club. And, you know, everyone's like, when's the next When's the next one opening up? And I'm just like, it's not a surprise. This was a one <laughs> season thing. Like you people will be able to buy the recordings of yes. this season of the Mother Club Summer Club. But... I'm just already, uh, maybe in, I don't know, maybe it will come back around in another year or two, but right now, it's just things are moving too quickly. I just need to be able to be light on my creative feet. And I'm wondering if, is you know, I'm like, wow, are you like a creative commitment phobe right now? But that's not true because I write books. How can mm-hmm. you be? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, but, you know, it's just things are just moving too quickly. The messages, I, I my goal is to get better at... Being like, I have a class to teach. I'm going to teach it next week. Let's just sign up. Like that's my flow and how I work best. So, But we have also been moving around a lot and I have two little kids. So that's my priority. And so my working on the fly, I am going to do these three classes in the next month. That's my commitment because they're easy to do. You know, they're so easy to do. So that's all. Just follow on Instagram and on my website. And if Instagram boots me off, which it will not, I'm not putting no. out that there, out there. But, you know, if anything happens to Instagram where all the cool people are like, fuck this, whatever, then just just look on my site because I'm just going to start putting my words there. And Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, like
0: bring it to- back to like um, even blog form. Yeah. yeah.
2: then at least people know that, hey, if they feel the ping that they need to know what I'm expressing, they can just go to my site. It's very wholesome and... You know, just go there, get what you want, leave, you know, you don't have to rummage through.
0: Yes. Well, we love <laughs> you best. so much. You are oh, love someone you. we reference all the time, just mm-hmm. like you've been such a guide for Lindsay and I, and we're mm-hmm. so grateful that were friends with you. That was so funny when I did a Q&A and they're like, how did you become friends with PETA? <laughs> I was like, this is a story I can't wait to tell. I thought she
2: had no friends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. We have two more episodes with P-Town. Um, you guys can listen to and then you all know where to find her in the show notes, but we love you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, PETA a good one. You can find out more about Peter Kelly and her work at petakelly.com. And make sure if you are a podcaster, you know podcasters who are ready to grow and monetize, you send them or check out the information on our website about our podcast accelerator. This is an intensive where Krista and I will be working with a small group to teach you everything we know. We've learned from doing it all ourselves, from making all the mistakes. And this is something that we do once a year and just brings us so much joy. And uh, I can't wait for you to hear from some of our Accelerator participants this week on IG Live. They are killing it
0: yeah, truly killing it. And you know, I was someone that never believed I could make money doing what I loved. Um, and now we have a whole business and life where we do make money doing what we love. So excited to share everything that we know help you believe that you can make money doing what you love with your podcast, with your passion and with your voice. We're so excited. just want to thank our sponsors for this episode. Our sponsors make it all possible. We love them so much, and we appreciate all of the support that they give our show. You can check out more information in the links and codes if you want to hear them repeated on our website at almost30.com. We have all of our partnership information and there's tons of great codes for you to use.
1: Yeah, thank you to Bloom, Element, Issue, PayPal, and Bowl and Branch. Again, that discount information is in our show notes and on our website. As always, just bringing you brands that we love and use ourselves. Thanks so much for listening. We love you and we'll see you
0: next time. We'll see you soon.